Hello and welcome back to Average Sport Takes. Due to COVID protocol, we had to take last week off, unfortunately, but we are back and excited to give you our Average Sport Takes this week. Um, today in the Average Sport Takes Man Cave, I'm joined by Rick Holbrook. Oh, whoa, whoa, how's everybody doing? Hope everyone had a great last week and last weekend. Got a big episode coming for you guys this weekend. Great week of football, little NBA action, MLB. Excited to talk out to you with you guys. And unfortunately, our intern, Sean Coffey, can't be here due to COVID protocols tonight. Uh, we hope to have him back next week. Uh, but like we said, we have a big, uh, we got a big episode big this episode, week. Big episode, fellas. Uh, since we didn't produce anything last week, we're going to dive right into college football headlines. Ooh, college football. So uh, we've talked about this a few times on our podcast before. Teams having to reschedule games. Uh, now their reports are saying Pac-12 has received the okay to play non-conference games this year. What are your thoughts on that? How does it affect the playoff ranking? Um, I don't think it impacts the playoff at all. Um, Pac-12. I really don't have anybody in the Pac-12 that was going to make the playoff. Um, like you've told me earlier, the the closest thing that the Pac-12 is going to have to a playoff is Oregon, and I don't even think Oregon's going to get in. So I don't think it impacts anything at all um, moving forward because I don't have anybody in my top four that's from the Pac-12. The only thing that it might affect is if somehow they get on some big big game. You know, BYU needs to schedule a game. That's that's true. I could see that if BYU needs to schedule a game and they have to play, you know, Oregon or a USC or a Utah or something like that. I could see that maybe um, playing a factor, but I don't necessarily see that happening. Yeah, and moving on to the next headline. I mean, we're we're talking two years into the future here, man. Two years into the future, Ohio State lands the number one ranked prospect in the 2020 draft class era. Um, recruiting class, 2022 recruiting class. Um, I think it's early to be, you know, signing, but it also is COVID. I mean, you got to look at the COVID aspect of this. It, it could, it, that has got to play a factor in when you decide you're going to commit. If I have an offer today and I'm one of these kids, I'm committing because I might not get my season. So, I mean, that's one aspect of it, but I mean, another aspect, the kid decommitted from Texas. He was all, let's go horns, hook him horns. And now he's, let's go bucks. Here we go bucks. So I think it's too early to tell, especially for the number one guy in the 2022 recruiting class, not even the 2021. Um, but good for Ohio state for now, if he's going to stay committed, like we, like I just said, he decommitted from Texas. So um, definitely a guy to keep an eye on as he is the number one guy. Yeah, Quinn Ewers is his name. And I mean, we're kind of looking at a Tate Martell situation. He committed super, super early it's in his true. career. And this isn't super early for him. I mean, only two years away, he's going to be a junior next year, but still, uh, something and, to keep an eye on in the college football world. Yeah. And looking more into, you know, he is a quarterback looking into this Heisman rankings that we've got this year. Uh, it's a quarterback field this year. Uh, I'm going to give you a few people. To right. give me your thoughts right. on where do you think they rank in your top, you know, ten, you know, five, six players. Uh, I've got Justin Fields on this list, Zach Wilson, Trevor Lawrence, Kyle Trask, Mac Jones, and Ian Book. What? Give me your top five, six guys there. Uh, all right. So number one, kind of a bit of a surprise. Uh, I got Justin Fields. Yes, Justin Fields over Trevor Lawrence. Um, a couple of reasons. Lawrence has been out past couple weeks with COVID, and that's given Fields all the spotlight. Like, hey, Heisman voters, look at me. Look at me. I can ball out too. I just haven't had games to play like Lawrence. 
Um, I definitely have Trevor Lawrence at number two. I just like the way Fields is playing better right now. And if we're looking at this season's body of work, yes, Lawrence has more games. I just like the way Fields is playing. Number three, um, def three and four on my list could easily be one and two. Um, and you don't hear that very often, folks. You don't hear that. No. Um, Kyle Trask at number three. Um, just slinging the ball well around there in Florida. Kind of an air raid, spread them offense. Um, playing well. Kyle Pitts is number one target out there. You know, concussion uh, last week, so we'll see if he's able to bounce back this week. But I love Kyle Trask at three. And Mac Jones, roll tide at number four. Um, he's really playing well. The SEC always produces talent, so he's playing against good defenses, playing against tough teams. Those two could easily, easily be number one and number two if uh, Lawrence and Fields had moved on to the draft, you know, last year or if Trask and Jones decide to stay this year. Um, an interesting stat to look at is Kyle Trask has 12 more, 12 more touchdowns, Ryan, than Mac Jones, and they've played the same amount of games. I mean, what that tells you all you need to know about what Kyle Trask is going to be. Florida, and, Florida, and that Dan McMillan offense that he's brought to Florida kind of revived it a little bit. Um, my number five guy, Ian Book, um, I have him at number five just – Merely because these guys above him are better, and I just haven't seen anything. Yes, he beat Clemson, but I just haven't seen anything that I've been like, wow, look at Ian Book. You know what I mean? And number six is Zach Wilson. BYU hasn't played anybody. Try and change my mind. Yeah, I mean, honestly, our top six are exactly the same. My only thing is Zach Wilson isn't even in my discussion. He's not a Heisman guy. Haven't played anybody. Boise State was supposed to be good. Not good. Um a little bit of a different game there, backup quarterbacks playing. But I think Justin Fields has taken that spotlight, and he's run with it, in my opinion, at Ohio State. It's going to be, you know, he's got to win a ranked matchup this week. Um, we'll look into that a little bit later. But Trevor Lawrence coming back, I mean, he's got a little bit to prove. It's what hurts him in his Heisman, in my opinion, and in his Heisman race, is not playing against uh, Notre Dame. If he gets that win against Notre Dame, that's a top four, you know, top four win. That's huge on your resume. Well, I mean, Heisman. he's still gonna have a shot at it. No, as they'll probably play in the ACC championship. But you beat him twice in the same year. That's you know pretty impressive. So, uh, you know, let's move on to the next headline we've got. Um, you know, we might be looking a little too much into the future. One of these has already happened this season, uh, but we're looking at head coach firings uh, in the college football rankings. I'm gonna name off a few guys here. I want you to give me your thoughts on that. All them. right, all right. Uh, we've got Will Muschamp. He's, He's at South fired. Carolina. He already got fired 24 hours after the loss to uh, Ole Miss and Lane. Lane Kiffin's at Ole mm -hmm. Miss, yeah. So the loss to Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss. So um, probably a good firing for South Carolina. Um, Will Muschamp just, you know, wasn't a good fit there, had a losing record. And, you know, when you can't produce wins at the college or NFL level or really at any level, um, shout out Centennial, um, then the coach is most likely going to get fired. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh I mean that he's already been fired. Let's move on to Jim Harbaugh. I want you to think about something here, though. He is owed six point four million dollars. He finally has his first recruiting class. Uh, you know, get him who out. Else? But who else? So uh, that's what, that's what I don't care who else. Get Harbaugh out. Find your coach. Look for your coach. I think he's got one more year there. I don't. He's on the hot seat. It's not like the seat's not hot. People are talking about it around he's, the world. He doesn't have a good record against your rivals. If you want to be good in the Big Ten, you need to have a good record against your rivals. One in six at home. We're talking at home against Ohio State and Michigan and Michigan State. Yep. Those are your two biggest rivals, and you can't even beat them at home. Let alone on let alone on the road. 
So I think it's time to get him out. Um, a lot of these coaches we'll talk about as a COVID year. You know, COVID's tough. All the protocols you got to go through and, you know, going into a big game, let's say, you know, Wednesday. Oh, no, my quarterback's out because, you know, he tested positive for COVID. Now you got to get the second string guy going and injuries have just played a big year. But Jim Harbaugh's been there, you know, five, six seasons. So I think it's time. He should have stuff under his belt. He should have what he needs. And he just still isn't producing. Yeah, I mean, talking. Speaking of COVID, let's look at at Orjan over there at LSU. I don't think oh. he's any, uh, even close to being fired, in my opinion. He is a guy that no, has don't just, fire him. Go Tigers! I mean, he won you a natty last year. You lost so many guys because of the draft. So many guys because of COVID. There's no reason for him to be fired. I, you know, this some of these reports little little outlandish for me. Um, but let's take a look at, uh, you know, Illinois. Lovey Smith down there. Kind of was a throwback name for me. Forgot he was down there, to be honest with you. I did, too, you. a little bit, but. I don't think he's going to get fired this year. I would say COVID plays a factor into it. If he's had some really big, big five-star and four-star recruits transfer over to Illinois, I think players want to play for him because of his pedigree at the NFL level, whether you liked him or not. Um, he's, a, he's a great guy. I don't think I don't see him getting fired. And, you know, the other one to look at this year that I'd say goes in that same group with Lovey and Ed is James Franklin. I mean, the big factor here, if you're looking at it from a financial standpoint, big money which, thing. which is, I know he signed through 2024, I believe. 2025. 2025, excuse me. You're looking at it because it's a money thing now. It, you got to give him another two years. Tough year. Being I Owens. mean, open, open the season and you lose in overtime to Indiana who's now at the top of the division. We'll get into that game in a little bit. Big game in the Big Ten North. But you lose to Indiana to open your season, and then you can't beat Rutgers. You can't beat any of these other teams that aren't good in the Big Ten. It's kind of like, what is going on this year? But, no, I don't think it's time to fire uh, James Franklin just yet. I kind of give him um, a COVID year. And it's different from Harbaugh because – Franklin is winning. He's yeah. beating Ohio State. He's beating Michigan, whereas Harbaugh isn't. That's why this is a different aspect. And I say that Franklin gets a COVID year and maybe comes back next year and bounces back. Whereas Harbaugh, I think it's time for him to go now because you've given him the time to produce and he hasn't. Yeah, I mean, you look at Harbaugh's beginning of his career there. They won, you know, 10, 12, 10 to 11 games a year, a couple losses, maybe 9 and 3. Still going to a bigger bowl. You know, but that's still like losing to your year. rivals. Yeah, exactly, exactly, and that's proven in the statistics. When you look at James Franklin, though, he's lost a lot of 5- and 4-star recruits to other schools. I mean, that's tough in itself dealing with COVID. So, I, you know, all these coaches, you know, they have something they bring to the table, but a lot, you know, especially the James Franklin deal, maybe even that Harbaugh deal, $6.4 million and $30 million is a lot of money. Um, let's just dive straight into some more college football. Let's talk pickums here. Uh, our first game is going to be a Indiana ranked number nine versus uh, Ohio State. You know that's a big, big game for Indiana. I, and I want you to look at it from a couple lenses before we get too into this. Indiana hasn't been ranked this high. They have a lot to prove. They come out firing and all. You know you're hoping they're coming out firing all cylinders. They haven't. They don't really have like. The schedule, other than Penn State, which clearly Penn State shouldn't have been ranked anyways at the start of the season since they're Owen. So looking at it from that perspective, Indiana hasn't really played that pedigree of teams, and you're also playing Justin Fields. So what are your thoughts here? Uh, I got Ohio State and Ohio State big. Um, I think Ohio State wins this game 52-24. to 24. 
Um, Indiana, like you said, Ryan, just hasn't played anybody. They played Penn State, who's 0-4. They played Rutgers, 1-3. They played Michigan, 1-3. And, and they played Michigan State, 1-3. So they really haven't played anybody with a winning record. Now, Ohio State hasn't really played anybody that good either, but it's Justin Fields. He balled out a season before. He's balling out this season. He's number one on our Heisman watch. I'm, I don't think Indiana's offense will be able to keep up with the Ohio State offense um, with Justin Fields, Chris Olave, and those receivers there. Um, so I like that's the reason I like Ohio State. Um, but don't get me wrong, Indiana's turned their program around. Um, you know, from a couple five and seven seasons, eight and now um, Tom Allen's really turned that season around, turned around eight and five a couple seasons ago. And, you know, now four and oh atop the Big Ten North with the biggest game of the season on the line against Ohio State undefeated. Big game for Indiana, but I like Ohio State. Yeah, you know, the thing I'm picking Ohio State in this one, but I think Indiana comes out fighting hard. They got something to prove here. I still think uh, you know, go it's gonna be like thirty five twenty at half, Ohio State. I think Ohio State's gonna, you know, run away from there. So let's look at another Big Ten matchup. We've got Wisconsin versus Northwestern. Ooh. Uh, as always in the Big Ten, especially for both of these teams, defense is always going to play a major factor into this. Uh, I will say the Northwestern offense is not producing as high scoring of games as Wisconsin is, uh, but Wisconsin's schedule, you know, Michigan, not really anything to... to well, the, Wisconsin's only played two games, but I really like uh, Graham Mertz throwing the ball. Um, really played well in that first game before, you know, getting COVID and, you know, they all just kind of shut down. But Wisconsin is averaging 260 rushing yards oh, on the ground. Oh, just Whoa! goes up in the Minnesota game. That is huge, folks. Sorry, it's, Andy. Sorry, Andy. Oh, but, but there's, oh, a, there's flag. a flag. Oh, we're, we got this Purdue-Minnesota game on behind us. Big Purdue fans hoping they can pull it out. Shout out Mark there. Uh, they're down 34-31 with 50 seconds left. Purdue has the ball. But to continue on about the Wisconsin-Northwestern game, I like Wisconsin in this one. Um, it's a battle for the Big Ten Championship. Really, we both games this weekend. Um, and I think you'll get a preview of your Big Ten Championship with Wisconsin winning and Ohio State winning. I think those two will be fighting for a playoff spot. Yeah, I've actually got Northwestern in this game. What? Yeah, you know. How I, are you going to? No. I think... I think Northwestern, they always play tough. I will say this. Defense is big. It's not going to be a high-scoring game. I think 24-20 is the final score, to be honest with you. Oh, yeah, big 10. I, I think I think it's going to be 24-20, Northwestern. I think Northwestern, I just always remember watching them when I was a few years ago. They'd always be on highlights, you know, coming from that big behind win. So I think Northwestern, I think Northwestern wins this one. Uh, let's get into another ranked matchup we have. We have the Battle of Oklahoma Chuba Hubbard and the 14th-ranked Oklahoma State versus Spencer Rattler in the 18th-ranked Oklahoma Big 12 matchup. That will most likely decide who is playing in that Big 12 championship. Uh, yeah, I got I like uh, Oklahoma State in this one. little battle of bedlam action. Um, Oklahoma State's defense, I, be, I believe, is just better. Big 12 games always come down to defense. Who can make the stop? Who can get the last turnover to get their offense the ball um, type of deal? And I like Oklahoma State in the in this game for that reason. They have one of the best backs in the nation in Chuba Hubbard, a really good receiver in Tylen Wallace, um, helps them in a deep threat down the sidelines. However, OU does lead the series 89-18-7. to 18 and 7. Um but give me Oklahoma State in this one. I like them in the Battle of Bedlam. Yeah, I just want to say uh, for our prior excitement, Minnesota is going to win this game 34-31. Uh, 
Uh, seems like a missed PI call, in my opinion. Got to take a closer look at it. But diving back into this uh, Oklahoma State-Oklahoma game, I'm taking Oklahoma. I'm looking at it from a quarterback play. Uh, Spencer Sanders, not that impressive in my opinion. I get you got Chuba Hubbard, one of the best running backs in the NCAA, so it's easy to hand it off to him. Uh, I just, it's tough. Oklahoma, I, I Spencer Rattler watching him on the uh, Netflix show, I think it was great. You know, he's got kind of some maturing to do. It seems like even still in his interviews, even from his tweeting, yeah, yeah. I think he's got maturity issues, but. I just like the way he moves in the pocket. So I'm taking Oklahoma in this one. It's going to be a good, good rivalry week all across the board in college football. Excited um, for some games. Yes. And, you know, let's just dive into where these college guys are trying to get. Let's look at some NFL some headlines Sunday here. football. Yeah, you know, the big the big one was last night. The Seahawks winning, taking back control of the NFC, uh, not East, but West. Um it's a big win for them, but I don't think Let you can't Russ count. Cook. I don't think you can count the Cardinals out. They're tied in uh, the division, one and one uh, against each other. So I don't think you can count Arizona out. I think both those teams are making the playoffs, in my opinion. But what are your thoughts on that? Um, no, Seattle. Seattle did great in taking the NFC West back um, last night. Kyler, I don't know how he played all right, but he's definitely missing some throws. Um, he couldn't hit DeAndre Hopkins, you know, on a couple throws that would have helped end the game. And, you know, last possession of that game, fourth down, or four, you know, they had four tries to pick up a first down. And all four shots, Kyler Murray was trying to throw end zone shots instead of trying to pick up the first down. So, you know, I didn't like the way the Cardinals played last night in that aspect. But, um, yeah, moving forward, we'll see how Seattle can try and lock down the NFC West. Yeah, and... Speaking of the NFC East, uh, let's see. Who you got winning that division? I, I got the Eagles, to be honest with you. I still think... Bandwagon. Uh, well, you know, Bias call. We are not biased here at Average yeah, Sport Yeah, takes. we're not. But the issue that presents me in the NFC East is who can lose the least in the division? I mean, the Eagles got to, you know, one and one against the Giants. Doesn't look good. We got to beat Washington, that football team. I'm not looking forward to that game. Uh... I, it's going to be a tough game. Why are you game. looking forward to that game? You know, I, they played them tough at the beginning of the year. and it's I Alex say, Smith at quarterback now. That is true. Big turnover guy, but McKissick is just running all over. So I I think the Eagles win that division. I Any interdivision game I look at, it's always going to be a tough one. But who you got there? Uh, no, I agree. I think the Eagles take this division. Um, I'd say it's going to be a tight division, but I believe the Red – the excuse me, the football team – I believe Washington is still somewhat alive in that division. You know, even only with two wins, watching them last week at Detroit almost pull it off in the second half. Um, if Matt Prater That's why does, I'm nervous. If Matt Prater doesn't drill that field goal. So I like them there too, but um, definitely keep an eye on the football team there to come out of the NFC East as well. But my favorite is the Eagles. Yeah, I mean, when you look at the East, it's not it's not pretty. Uh you know, but the Giants could pull it out somehow. So we'll got we got to see how that you know that whole division could could change this week. I think you got Carson Wentz you know against the Browns. So that's that could be a tough game for the Eagles this week. True. Moving forward into our highlights, let's talk about some young guys. Young uh, guys. All right. Joe Burrow, Tua, First Justin pick. Herbert, Justin Herbert. Excuse me. Who's the most set up to succeed there? Well, it all depends on how you define success. Are we talking success meaning? These teams are going to win or success in Herbert's going to put up big numbers. Burrow's going to put up big numbers. What are you talking here? No, I'm talking Super Bowls. Who's got, who's got the best setup to win a Super Bowl? Because that's the ultimate goal here. It is to make money for these guys. This is their career, but also to win a Super Bowl. 
To me, the best guy to set up succeed is Tua. He has a great defense around him. You saw that in the Rams game. I feel like every time I flipped over to that game, it was block punt, sack, sack fumble, interception, pick six. So he's got a good defense behind him. He has a couple weapons there. Miles Gaskin still trying to find himself there in Miami. They got Devontae Parker, Mike Gusecki. So definitely, I like Tua the most to succeed. Burrow is not set up to succeed at all. Terrible defense. He has nobody to throw to. AJ Green, where have you been all year? I don't know. I haven't seen anything on you. Tyler Boyd, all right. You know, I don't like him there. They got T. Higgins out of the draft out of Clemson. Still a rookie, though. Still something to keep an eye on. But I believe Burrow um, has set up the worst to succeed, mainly because of his old line. Burrow and Herbert have very similar numbers on the season. Burrow has one game up on Herbert, yet Herbert has sixteen has been sacked 16 times on the season. Now, Burrow, who I just said has one more game, Ryan, has double the amount of sacks That's tough. for one more game. Your O-line is terrible in Cincinnati, and I don't know how you can win games if you don't have a good O-line. Yeah, I think I, I think that, you know, Burrow is going to – it's so tough. All three of these guys are going to be great quarterbacks in the NFL. Now, when we look at specific statistic, statistics here, I think all three will be statistically, you know, they'll be great. Looking at wins, as I've described – I think Herbert is going to struggle. He's going to be in a coaching carousel for the first couple years. I think they fire Anthony Lynn there. Uh, Tua, and, uh, and you can agree or disagree here, but I think the Dolphins have always been a team that have always been average for me. I don't feel like there's a consistency there other than they win, you know, eight, nine games a year, maybe seven and nine, or they're eight and eight. So it's tough for me to sit here and be like, Tua is going to be successful because of who the Dolphins are as an organization. Now, I know that Joe Burrow has no offensive line and their defense is struggling. I disagree on the A.J. Green. There's been some contract disputes from what I've been seeing. That but he hasn't been there all season. And I agree. But you have T. Higgins, who's a rookie, who they're going to grow. Burrow and him are going to grow and get better and better. I like Tyler Boyd. I think Mixon, if his foot's not hurt, he's probably a top 10 running back in the NFL. Their offensive line struggles. But the thing with Joe Burrow is they were not expecting to go to the playoffs this year. When you have a quarterback like that, if you look historically, like Peyton Manning, wasn't great in his rookie season. Was not great in his rookie season. Joe Burrow is being compared to those type of people who should be in the Hall of Fame. And I think, you know, I think I think Joe Burrow is going to be set up for success. He's got a lot of early draft picks for the Bengals coming up. I'd like to see what they do. Maybe draft an O-lineman. Maybe get another weapon for him. Maybe a defense. They need an O-line, dude. You can't be sacked twice the amount for one guy having one less game. That's terrible. Yeah. Terrible. You know, I, 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 it's, I will say, though, just like watching Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, we are going to watch, as we grow up, we're going to watch history from these guys, though. I can, I can tell with this group. Uh, you know, moving on to some pick'ems now, let's talk Tennessee at Baltimore. Baltimore had a rough game in the monsoon at Foxborough. I think it's a different story if it's not that type of weather for Lamar on that last drive. Regardless, Hey, they come shout out, out that Foxborough weather, though. Do they come out fighting? Or does Tennessee's run just ruin their Ravens' defense? Um, the Ravens couldn't stop the run. Yes, I get it's the rain, but you still should be able to stop the run in New England, and that's why I believe Tennessee is going to win this game. Um, Derrick Henry's going to get himself going, and how every team likes to get the run going, Tannehill will play action off that and find guys like A.J. Brown, Corey Davis, Jonu Smith. So I like the Titans in this one. Just because the Ravens can't stop the run, um, and that's a big loss for the Ravens, you know, falling another game back to the Steelers. 
Yeah, I actually got Baltimore in this game for a few reasons. Uh, that that defense of the Titans is pretty banged up. Just because Lamar has struggled in the uh, prior weeks doesn't mean he's going to struggle against a banged up Titans defense. I like Mark Andrews. Mark Ingram's playing. You got Dobbins, uh, Marquise Brown. I just think the Ravens defense needs to step up. I think Lamar is trying to put a little too much pressure on himself there. I'll take Baltimore in that game. Uh, the next game to look at, though, is a pretty big must-win for the Rams and the Buccaneers. Rams need a big win here to stay in that division in the NFC uh, West. And the Buccaneers, you know, got swept by the Saints twice. So they need this win to keep atop top of that division. What are your thoughts here, Rick? Uh, yeah, I got uh, Tampa Bay here in this one. Um, like you said, Rams a big game to stay pace with the Seahawks who won last night. Box it's a big game because they got to stay pace with the Saints. Um, they need to try and keep the same record or have a better record than them since they've been swept by the Saints. So... Um, for you Buck fans out there, I know the frustrations you're going through um, and went through when they played the Saints. Um, that's what I dealt with in New England when Tom just couldn't get it going. He couldn't find his receivers. He couldn't be protected by his O-line. Um, so I know how you're feeling. Um, but I got the Buccaneers in this one at home against the Rams. Yeah, I'm going to take the Buccaneers here too as well. I think Tom Brady plays really well in must-win games. And if we're calling this a must-win, I think he's going to ball out. Uh, I really like Ronald Jones. I think he solidified himself as that. Rojo. I think he solidified himself as that back starting there. Um, I'm hoping from a fantasy perspective that he is the guy. I've got him in plenty of leagues. Um, I think the Rams defense is going to keep him in this game, but I think their offense is going to hurt them. I'm going to take the Buccaneers here. Uh, let's look at uh, a pretty big divisional matchup here. Uh, Chiefs at the Raiders in the new stadium. Raiders, man, they beat them the first time. Can they do it again? What are your thoughts? Uh, that's the only Chiefs loss, but uh, I like the Chiefs in this one. Sorry to Kenton and those big Raiders fans out there listening, but I like the Chiefs in this one. Um, their offense is just too high-powered. Pat Patrick Mahomes back there, um, with Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, everyone knows the weapons he's got. Um, so that's basically why I like the Chiefs in this one. Yeah, and let's uh... – Let's not discredit what the what the Raiders have done in the past, but that's the past. Patrick Mahomes is a defending champion of the NFL Super Bowl. I mean, I it's going to be tough to beat them. They're going to come out with some sort of gumption that they need to win. Um, I'm picking the Chiefs here. Uh, you know, shout out to the Boyers. They're big Chiefs fans, and I got to always root with them. So let's uh let's. I mean. That's been a pretty good overhaul of what we've got going in the NFL this week. Let's dive into some other sports. Ooh, let's look what at, do you at got? The, let's look at the MLB. Ooh, the uh, baseball action. Yep. Without our uh, analyst Sean Coffey here with us today, I'll take over this baseball section. Thank you. Thank you. We got Cano testing positive for PEDs the second time in his career. Oh, you can't cheat. That's not fair. I mean, cheat till you get caught. I guess. I mean, uh, clearly that's his logic. I but guess. Also, Robinson Cano was declined from a, a statistical perspective. He was declining. It's very common for players who are at a superstar level to take. Uh, steroids again okay but it hurts it hurts it hurts him i understand he's not getting into the hall of fame two times he's been caught how many other players have been caught two times is that something that's rare or is that uh, quite I would, often i would say it's more on the rare so i think manny ramirez was the only guy that maybe got caught twice i think there might be a couple other guys but he's only getting caught twice because he's been caught before so barry bonds and those guys got caught you know towards the end of their career after their career was speculation so I don't think he's making the Hall of Fame now. I don't think he was making it before. That's just my opinion on him. A great, 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 great second baseman in, in New York, uh, for the Yankees, but 
struggled kind of everywhere else he went. Uh, let's let's uh, <clears throat> let's move on to the NBA. Some basketball. Um, we had the draft this week, and uh, it was a pretty big draft. You know, those top three picks were big time for those teams. Be interesting to see what happens. Uh, Rick, what do you got on that? Um, I. You know, the, your Warriors, Ryan, selecting uh, James Wiseman with the number two pick, um, definitely going to be something, you know, uh, to look at on the season. Um, they won in that aspect, but they took a big loss in losing Clay Thompson um, with the torn Achilles on the season. I'm really curious to see how Steph uh, Curry and Draymond are going to pick up the slack. Um, I feel like they're going to lean on Wiseman a little bit. He is a young kid, only 19 years old, coming out of Memphis. So definitely something to keep an eye on for the Warriors. Um, how are they going to challenge the Lakers without Clay? How are they going to pick up for his not only his offensive scoring, but his defense um, and how he could guard usually the best player on the other team. So definitely curious to see about that. Um, Gordon Hayward also declined his uh, player option um, and is now a free agent, is not going to go back with Boston. Um, I kind of like that. I didn't feel like Gordon Hayward was a good fit there. You know, was kind of averaging season and career lows in Boston, eight points a game, really couldn't get anything going. And I feel bad for the guy because, you know, he just hasn't really got anything going since that leg injury, um, really scary leg injury. Um, and I feel like he just didn't fit in with that big three there with Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and Marcus Smart. Ryan, do you have any thoughts here? Yeah, I mean, I didn't think he fit in there when Kyrie was there. I think it was going to be a tough fit. It's a bummer to see a great player get hurt. It's unfortunate. Um, I'm not sure where he's going to sign. I would put him in the category like a Kevin Love now. I'm not sure. You know, Kevin Love's still in the league somehow, but I wouldn't say he's quite to that point, but still he's kind of on his way out. Looking back at the draft, though, I mean, LaMelo, you got – both brothers now, top five picks in the NBA. Can't Adrian. wait to watch that game. Lonzo yep. versus LaMelo. Yeah, that Pelicans game's going to be Who's LeVar rooting for? I, he's got a half jersey. He's Jello? He's, Is he yeah. rooting for Angelo yeah, to yeah, make yeah. the league? Yeah, he's got a half jersey on there or something. I, I can't, you know, that's just something that he would do. But, uh, you know, let's look into a little trade possibility, though, because uh, James Harden wants out of Houston now. James Harden wants out because he sees other big threes. You look at the Lakers. I mean, when Klay Thompson's back, you can say Steph, Klay, and Draymond. I wouldn't say Draymond's like a big three type player, but that is their big three. Who's the Lakers' big three? You got, well, you have, I would say they're the two. You have LeBron and you have um, Anthony Davis. And I think they're going to get, or I can't remember their big man, but they're not bad. I mean, they won the NBA title. So well, yeah. So but... you're playing the defending champions, but still, I think... James Harden looks at it, I can go be a big three for the Nets. Well, did you hear about that, though, this week? The Rockets offered him, um, I don't know how much money you guys make in your day-to-day jobs, but the Rockets offered this man a $50 million a year contract, $103 million for two years, $50 million a year, guaranteed, and he turned it down because he wants to go play with Kyrie and KD. I mean, I understand the championship aspects of it. Like, yes, you want to go win a ship. You haven't made it, you know, to the finals since you were with the Thunder um, before that trio got broken up um, with Westbrook and KD. And now maybe you go reunite with KD and win a championship. I understand that, but $50 million a year? He's got to be financially stable to be turning that type of money down. I know he has big money deals with Adidas, so I'm not sure he's really worried about that at this point. But, I, okay, so... You go. You, let's say he goes there. Okay. Who's taking the game-winning shot? Who's, That's so who, tough because you know Kyrie wants to take it. KD know, is a proven champion. Yeah. 
But James Harden is the guy that's supposed to be, you know, Mr. Triple-Double. So, I mean, I guess not Mr. Triple-Double, but, you know, obviously puts in, you know, the passing and still scores and stuff like that. But I'm curious to see how that's going to work out there in Brooklyn. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Let's, uh, you know, let's kind of wrap this podcast up now. We got, we got you know, some final thoughts. Um, One more thing on the NBA, actually. I saw a trade, you know, there's trade rumors out there that John Wall might be swapped for Russell Westbrook doesn't make sense to me in my opinion i mean i'm curious to see how that trade goes down you know shout out to jackson and colin huge wizards fans out there i don't know how they'd feel about uh russell westbrook there but i think that might be an interesting fit there with bradley beal um they drafted kind of a small forward scoring small forward in the draft so i'm curious to see how that would fit um john wall comes to kind of a shitty houston if james harden leaves i mean you got aaron gordon there and you said they recently signed trevor ariza i think that was a try and say hey bring james harden back but um we'll see there um couple final thoughts for me couple bets going into the weekend i don't know when all my viewers will be listening to this but a couple bets for me going into the weekend i like liberty at plus four and a half versus nc state that liberty team really playing well undefeated on the season it'll be a tough game against nc state but i love liberty there um i love our hometown broncos um 14 point favorites against uh the hawaii uh, Rainbow Warriors, so uh, give me uh, BSU there, go Broncos, um, and then I love go Badgers, whole pack of Badgers, as Russell Wilson says, give me Wisconsin minus seven against Northwestern, um, Ryan, any thoughts, final thoughts here? Yeah, I guess my average take of the week is, uh, I think that, you know, Jalen Hurts goes in in the second half against the Browns here. You think, think Carson Wentz gets benched? Yep, he's gonna get benched, and hear me out, did not play very well against the Giants. And that Giants defense is better than people are giving it credit for because of their record. Regardless, still a decent defense. But, man, the Eagles defense got shredded by Daniel Jones. Not something you want to see as an Eagles fan. I I think that Carson Wentz, you paid him the money. It hasn't proven to work out this year. There's no harm in starting Jalen Hurts in the second half. I, you might disagree, but he's coming out of the same class with Tua, same class with Herbert. Let him compete. Let him compete. Great player at Alabama and Oklahoma. Um, My average sport take of the week is Taysom Hill. Shout out Highland High School. I went to college in Pocatello. So shout out Highland High School where he went. Um, Shout out BYU. Um, But Taysom Hill making his first start for the Saints after Drew Brees is out with a couple of injuries. I like Taysom Hill to have a big weekend against the terrible Atlanta defense. Um, I think he's going to play well play big um so watch out for Taysom Hill having to be a big weekend I'm struggling right now to try and decide do I start Taysom Hill or do I start Jared Goff so if any of you guys have any recommendations on that feel free to send them our way via Instagram and Twitter uh thanks for listening guys um hope you all have a great weekend um we're looking forward to talking some more sports with you next week hopefully we have our intern sean coffee next week also might have a big guest next week um so please tune in next week guys thank you for listening and thank you for understanding about the covid differences yeah and make sure you know last weekend i got out on the traeger i got some wings out there oh smoking some meats yeah, huh? my wife really liked it you know give me so i haven't gotten any recipe yet i think i'm gonna make a uh little smoked pumpkin pie for uh thanksgiving so you know trying to mess around with some desserts not only meats uh looking forward to another good week next week hopefully we get sean back like he said have a great weekend everybody and talk soon